Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Time for the Blue Light Breakdown, mid-June 2021 edition. The weather's great. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Greg Pickle, who is... I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but he's making... He, he just is on the, putting the finishing touches on a really, really great addition to his house. I won't say any more. I don't want to overshare. But I'm happy to learn the news. I'm excited to see it. I'll leave it at that. Greg, how are you doing? Rocking and rolling, Bob. Rocking and rolling. Another day in the life. <laughs> yeah, so mid-June, but still a lot of Penn State football to kind of talk to, talk about, not, not uh, talk to. As I said, this is the Blue White Breakdown, Penn Live's Penn State football podcast. Even out of season, we're doing a bunch of them, whether it's me, whether it's Greg Pickle, whether it's, whether it's David Jones whether it's uh, Dustin Hawkinsmith during the week, whether it's Daniel Gallen, who's now part of our Penn State team, and I'm sure you guys have noticed his byline. Daniel's doing a great job covering not only Penn State football, but I think he's chipping in with some Penn State football recruiting. He's also covering some Penn State basketball. He's, he's our Swiss Army knife, and I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to uh, have him like working on the Penn State beat with us. But, Greg, a lot of recruiting news, a little bit of Penn State 20. 21 football news with some with some of the first year arrivals now on campus. Before we get to the recruiting, I know it's a, the news is a little bit dated, but I just thought for the for the listeners and the viewers, I get your reaction on the news that um, sooner rather than later, it sure appears like the college football playoff, which is currently four teams, which everyone knows, is going to expand. And if it does, it looks like it's not going to be eight teams, Greg. It looks like it's going to be twelve. A lot of people think this is great news for Penn State's football program. It's hard not to see it any other way. But the fact that they went from four to 12 instead of four to six, four to eight. Thoughts on that a lot? Is it a money grab? What is it? Yeah, it's a good question, Bob. I do wonder, too, if maybe 12 isn't going to be the number when all is said and done. We'll have to wait and see how all these conversations go. I know what the recommendation was, and I think – Sometimes these things, I just wonder if they put it out there to try and get some reaction and right. get a feel for where people are at more so than it being the rock solid written in pen uh, plan moving forward. But yeah, you know, the 12 team thing, I mean, obviously Penn State's a day late dollar short on it. Uh, same way if it would have been an 18 playoff, I think. But ultimately, I think everyone knew playoff expansion was coming at some point, whether it was to six, whether it was to eight, whether it was to 12. You know, how, the way that, the, you know, they're going to make it in such a way that the bowl system still has some yeah. relevance, which I guess that was always going to be that way, considering how ingrained it is in the sport for better or for worse. Um, you know, they're going to play home campus games in the first round under this 12 team proposal. I think that would be interesting. But 
Something tells me the teams that get a bye might be a little bit uh, not thrilled about not getting to host a game at their own place and keep the gate money and everything else. So something tells me there could be some maybe revenue sharing involved with that. We'll have to wait and see how everything shakes out. But yeah, I mean, again, not as total surprise. I think most assume that this kind of an expansion was coming. Obviously, if you're Penn State, it's not the worst thing in the world because that means you could get two Big Ten teams in much easier if it came down to that, which I think is obviously a plus with the trajectory Ohio State is on. So, yeah, time will tell. And this isn't going to be a, you know, they might make a decision by the end of the fall or whatever, but obviously that contract goes a little bit longer. So this won't be imminent or uh, impactful in the 2021 season, but it sounds like by what, 2023, they could be moving in a different direction. Yeah, and just real quick, some, somebody asked me this over the weekend, and I, I had there have been a 12-team playoff um, when James Franklin arrived. I don't think there's any question. I think you might agree with me. I think three of his teams would have been in it. The 2016, obviously, the Big Ten champion. I think that was probably the number five seed in the four-team tournament and could have easily been the four seed. I think they would have, obviously, they're in it. The 2017 team that only lost two games, including a one-point loss at Ohio State where they had a big lead. Um, they also had a Michigan State in trouble the next week, lost that game. I think that team, obviously, in the 12-team playoff. And then the 2019 team, Greg, that was unbeaten late in the season, stumbled at Minnesota, uh, and what was considered an upset at the time, played Ohio State tough. I think that those, two, those three teams, for sure, are in the playoff conversation. And it'll just be interesting moving forward to see how many, how much this really helps Penn State. Would you agree? Yeah, I don't think there's any question, Bob. I mean, no matter if it's six or eight or 12, there's always going to be arguments about who gets left out and what do you do with a group of five? And, you know, is it good? You know, so now the concern or now the complaint might be that a Pac-12 or Big Ten team does not get in or a second one of those two does not get in. Well, by expanding, all it will do is just make it that, you know, then the argument will become, well, three of them should have got in instead of two. So, you know, how much it helps teams that are kind of in that mid-tier, we'll just have yeah. to wait and see. But obviously, you'll be able to not play for a conference championship and still get in. There's clearly going to be ways uh, to do that. So that could uh, certainly help Penn State again in the time and place where you're in the same division as Ohio State. Obviously, if Michigan would ever get going, you know, so can't. I don't think it can hurt. but. Obviously, you know, some of the same issues will still be, uh, you know, still be around in terms of, okay, well, maybe you'll take two teams now, but you're only going to take the two that played in the Big Ten title game and you're going to leave the third out, even though maybe they only had one loss to one of the teams. And I mean, that'll be the next argument. So it won't be, you know, I don't know if it'll ever be perfect, but it will certainly uh, certainly be definitely interesting to follow over the next uh, weeks, months and years ahead. Sure thing. Okay, let's move it to recruiting, which is right in your wheelhouse, Greg. Let's talk about uh, some some players that are already have, I think, the Penn State fan base buzzing. A couple of quarterbacks in the 2022 Penn State class that is very highly rated, Bo Prabula uh, from uh, Central York and also Drew Alar, uh, who is who's a, a four-star, might be a five-star when it's all said and done a guy that I think Mike Yurcich had a lot to do with getting him to verbally commit to Penn State. Greg, they both have shut down their recruiting. And by that, I mean they're not really open to, I think, considering anything else other than becoming a Penn State Nittany Lion 
that's always a good sign. I think they're two of the last verbals to do that. And we bring it up because uh, another kid, Drew Shelton, is going to, I guess, take a visit to Florida. And he's a guy that now you got to wonder if maybe he's starting to think maybe a little bit about maybe a place other than Penn State. What are your thoughts on the quarterback's decision to do that? What does it mean for the class? And how do you view uh, Shelton's uh, potential visit to Dan Mullen's Florida Gators program? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the quarterbacks. I mean, it was no mistake that they put pretty much the same graphic out at the same time with almost identical messages um, at about, you know, we're taping this at about 1045 Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, This happened about 1030. So uh, it was certainly coordinated. Certainly they're sending a message to the leaders of this class that they're locked in. They're ready to go. They have no interest in looking at any other schools or hearing from anybody else or visiting anywhere else. And (laughs) it comes with uh, Drew Shelton fresh off a Florida visit set to visit Penn State on his official this coming weekend. And Penn State, I think, knew or had to know that when he left Downingtown, this is a four-star offensive tackle who played at one of the Downingtowns, East or West, I can't remember. but he went down to IMG Academy, and the issue is always the same with that. When you get Northeast kids who go down there, suddenly they're a one, two, three-hour drive to Miami and Florida and Florida State and Georgia and whoever, and not Penn State and not Ohio State. And that can tend to be a challenge, especially if those schools, uh, especially now when those schools maybe didn't have any uh, a chance to see a kid like Drew Shelton or some other guys at IMG Academy in person because of the pandemic. They get a chance to see them maybe at a camp, maybe at a practice, and somebody might say, whoa, we should have recruited this guy a long time ago. And now that guy is getting that, um, you know, attention that maybe that, you know, Penn State staff's very good about continuing to recruit its committed guys, but it's a little bit different when someone new is pushing for you, and especially when it's closer to the place you're living now. So we'll see. He's been a, a solid Penn State commit Drew Shelton has for quite some time. He's recruited guys for this Penn State class. It's not a shoe in that he will decommit. It's not a shoe in he'll go somewhere else. But certainly now it's worth watching the fact that he did decide to take a visit elsewhere, especially after he was Penn State's first uh, visitor. Yeah. Back on June 1st, when the dead period because of the pandemic turned into a quiet period. And he was the first guy on campus. So I would imagine at that point, he may have mentioned to Penn State staff, hey, look, um, I made this move to Florida. I'm living down here. I have a lot of teammates who are going to go see these other schools. And I might pop up there with them. I might go take an official visit. And if you're Penn State, I think you kind of just have to accept that a little bit. I mean, I know James Franklin's been very blunt about not wanting commits to go see other places. But we're in a different time right now where these guys have not been able to go anywhere uh, for well over a year. And so things like this are going to happen if you can minimize it with your class and Penn State has. And I think you just have to accept it. The odds are not in your favor that no one who committed to you is, is going to take visits elsewhere. Yeah. And plus, Greg, I mean, am I wrong in stating like when commit, when, when talented players at Penn State uh, was pursuing commit to other programs, Penn State doesn't stop pursuing them. I mean, it's, it's right. kind of one of those deals. So I think you can't really, you can't really have it both ways. If your approach is you're going to recruit up until the very end, until signing day, even if a kid, verbally commits to another program and you have to be, I think more than a little bit understanding if kids want to, you know, you only get to do this once in your life as Michael Parsons used to say when he was considering all of his schools, when he decommitted from Penn state, right. took a bunch of visits, then recommitted to Penn state. If you only get one shot at it, you might as well enjoy it. So hopefully I, th- I think James does understand, but I, I also understand 
when a verbal commit that's going to Penn State maybe wants to look around a little bit. There's a lot to see now that the country's reopened. So we'll see what happens, Greg, with Drew Shelton. Greg, let's turn the page to the 2022 class. No, we're already on the page of the 2022 class. I keep getting this year confused with... Everything just runs together. I am just... It's summer. You know, it's just... I'm a little bit ditzy, more than normal. Let's stay on the same page with 2022. Now I got it straight. There's going to be a decision, I think, this week involving a Penn State potential verbal commit, a four-star corner from New Jersey. I want to make sure I get his name right. Jaden Gould of Bergen Catholic, 6'2", 190. My intel, which is basically, I think you told me this, he's down to Penn State, I think, and USC, who's yep. also tearing it up on the recruiting trail. There is a decision coming, I think, Sunday afternoon. Is there not? And how do you kind of look at maybe this kid's recruitment? Yeah, so it comes down to USC and Penn State for him. All the predictions favor the Nittany Lions right now. And this was when we've talked about this, most of the kids who take visits this month are going to wait until they take all of them and then decide in July or maybe the last week of June. Whereas with Jaden Gold, he saw USC the first week you could go on the road. He saw Penn State last weekend, which was the second week. And he's decided, you know what? I'm going to wrap this up now. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to string it out. I'm not going to go see schools just for the sake of going to see them, which no one again could blame him if that's what he did want to do. But, you know, he's not at that point. He just wants to commit. Things look good for Penn State. They do not have a corner commit right now. Uh, Tyrese Mills from Lackawanna College, of course, is the safety committed to them at this point in time. But they don't have a corner. They have a pretty stacked corner board. And I think Jaden Gold's probably going to kick it off on Sunday. So they've recruited him for quite some time. You know, Bergen Catholic's a school that produces a lot of good players. And Penn State's kind of had a hit or miss uh, experience there in New Jersey in general, really, um, ever since Josh Gaddis left. And that was quite a number of years ago now. So. To be able to go in there and get a guy like this is a good sign for Penn State. And, you know, I'm sure Phil Troutline was involved in this and Terry Smith, of course, Brent Pry. I wonder, you know, if Anthony Poindexter maybe got involved late, but they're trying to pick things up in New Jersey. And this is a, if they do end up landing Jaden Gold, would be as good to get as any there. And they've had it in a while. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll have some news hopefully this weekend on the status of Gould, a New Jersey kid. And, more importantly, a corner. Penn State's got corners now, but they're good corners. And a lot of them, I don't know that they're going to be around much longer after the 2021 season. Let's, Greg, let's just flip real quick to the 2023 class. Another player that uh, has Penn State on his radar in, in his final four. Uh, some Philadelphia Eagles fans might remember the last name of this uh, player. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Linebacker Josiah Trotter, 6'2", 225, St. Joe's Prep. There's a little bit of a Penn State pipeline in the years past there. But he's down to four, Greg. He's down to Penn State. Unfortunately, he's also considering Ohio State and Clemson, along with South Carolina. Greg, your thoughts, your thoughts on Josiah, Penn State's uh, recruitment of him, and maybe where they kind of stand with Trotter? Yeah, it's a great thing to make his top four. There's no question about that. And I think it goes to show that Penn State have some nice momentum right now with some 2023 guys um, and the future and, and more than just this cycle that we're currently in. But the flip side of that, Bob, is 
<laughs> Obviously, his brother just committed to and signed with uh, Clemson in the last cycle. Two St. Joe's guys, Kyle McCord and uh, Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr., went to Ohio State. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you kind of have to. You now, look, St. Joe's preps, they send kids everywhere. And there's not package deals. And there's typically not guys who say, well, I want to go to X because my teammate went to X. Or I'm going to go to Y because my brother went to Y. I mean, the, the guys there... You know, they go just about everywhere. I mean, so you're you don't want to lock a, a guy into a Clemson or Ohio State and just roll out Penn State and South Carolina just because of what's happened to that school previously. But it's gonna be a tough one, no question. But here's the thing. Assuming he's a guy who's gonna let his recruitment play out, you have a long time to recruit this kid before he even considers official visits right. and signing on a dotted line with somebody. So good start. Assuming he keeps his list this way and doesn't cut it, I Penn State would have to get an official visit, seeing that you get five and he only has four teams under consideration. So, you know, they're in a good place here. Obviously, it's going to be an uphill climb with the other schools that are involved, but you got to at least get to this point to have a shot. And and now that Penn State has, it does. Yeah. Josiah Trotter is the son of Jeremiah Trotter, a really a tremendous middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. A couple of, I think it's been a couple of decades, but boy, big thumper inside uh played a long time on some really really good Penn State def- uh, Penn State uh Philadelphia Eagle defenses when they were really good heck of a player if the sun is a chip off the old block i think that's the expression he's going to be a really great get for a major college program so we'll see how the recruitment of Josiah kind of plays out when Clemson and Ohio State are in the running against Penn State i mean you can. I'm, Penn State's going to win some battles, but more often than not, they're serious players whenever they're involved. So we'll see how that goes, Greg. Before we turn to our last bit of news involving this year's Penn State team, uh, just tell our tell our viewers and our listeners what they can do just to, to kind of get the Blue White Breakdown podcast, whether it's on uh, you know on Spotify, whether it's they want to they want to see it see the video version of it, or whether they just want to read link link to a post we have on Penn Live and how they can get it early. Yeah, Bob, it's the Blue White Breakdown podcast. You can find it on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your audio. Uh, YouTube.com slash State is where you'll find the video. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. The Blue White Breakdown, we're about to wrap this uh, bad boy up. We're about 18 minutes in. It's, 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 went treme- it's been very smooth, even though I, I, I'm having trouble talking today for some reason. It's early in the morning. Happy hour is still like six hours off, Greg, so I can't blame that, but... Greg Pickle and Bob Saunders here to wrap it up. So Penn State, the rest of Penn State's true freshman class, I think, or most of it, is now probably on campus, or they should be on campus. You had a post on Penn Live recently making note of some of the some of the additions to the roster with some heights and weights. I'll just go through the five names. And I'm going to list their heights and weights, and maybe you, if you, is there, I, know there's, I know there's one player I'd like to talk about, but if there's another player that jumps out to you. True freshmen do play at Penn State, but as they get better and better, it, get, it becomes harder and harder for them to kind of crack the roster. 
We'll see what happens in the fall. But, Greg, the player's linebacker, Jamari Budin, 6'2", 223. I hope I said right. It's Budin, hopefully not Budden. If it is, I apologize. Jalen Reed is safety, a big safety, six foot two thirteen. Wide receiver Trey Wallace, six one, one eighty seven. I believe that's. I believe I wrote that down correctly. Corners: the key Wheatley is six two one ninety. And last but not least, uh, offensive lineman Eric Wilson, six four, three twenty. Greg, he is the transfer from Harvard. Very talented player in the Ivy League. Did not play in twenty twenty. The Ivy League did not have it a pandemic season. So he's a little bit rusty, versatile lineman with size. I know you talked to him uh, a few weeks back and he's the player that I, I am really interested in, interested in because for a couple of reasons, I think there's still some competition to be played out on Penn state's offensive line. It's great. They returned both of their offensive tackles in Caden Wallace and Rashid Walker, Mike Miranda, a second team, all big 10 pick is back as well. I think, Coach Phil Troutwine really likes the strides that Juice Scruggs made last year. I thought he was a key reserve. He probably figures in either at guard or center. But I still think maybe there's an opportunity for somebody like Eric Wilson, if he can do some good things in August, get some playing time very early in the season. He can play different positions, Greg. And you did talk to him. How do you view him? And even though he didn't get to participate in spring, even though he didn't play in 2020, he's got a pretty nice little track record. I know it's, the Ivy League isn't the Big Ten, but when you look at him and you look at Penn State's offensive line, how do you see him fitting in in August and maybe early in the season? Yeah, I mean, he's a really interesting guy to me, Bob, because you do have some guys back inside. I think we all assume Mike Rand is going to be the center. If Juice Scruggs continues on the track we saw during spring practice and as long as his health is good he seems like a starting guard but you did lose cj thorpe and you have some guys in there with experience but eric wilson has experience too i mean i know the ivy league's not the big 10 not the sec but he was a call conference pick i think that counts for something even though it's been quite some time since he saw game action and you know i think penn state sees with him a guy that Maybe he does come in and start for you, but at absolute worst, he's a good presence to have in that room. He's probably a guy who can be in a rotation if a rotation is needed, if that's what Phil Troutwine wants to do. So I think it's an addition with a lot of upside. You know, the rest of the transfer guys in this class, John Dixon, we know he's going to get plenty of time at corner, John Lovett at running back, and, uh, you know, Arnold Abichetti and uh, Derek Tangelo, the defensive end and defensive tackle, respectively, are very, very much in line to start, if not be key reserves. So I think Wilson's in that same boat where he may not be the starter. He probably will be, but he may not be. And either way, um, you know, he's going to factor into the the plans for this team's too deep this fall. So the fact that he comes in at 320, I think, is a good sign because it could, you know, it might have been easy during the uh, pandemic and during yeah. this time without a season and everything to, um, you know, either put on bad weight or not keep good weight on. And it seems like that's not the case with him. Obviously, we haven't had a chance to see him, but, you know, that was a good sign. And then the other one that jumped out at me, Bob, was uh, uh, Jalen Reed at six foot two thirteen. You know, Penn State obviously gets Jaquan Brisker back, which is huge. But yeah. the other safety spot is far from a guaranteed that for anyone in that battle. I mean, I know Jair Brown's a guy that a lot of people yeah. think will win that. And maybe he will, maybe Keaton Ellis moving over from corner will be the winner, but in Jalen, you know, Jalen Reed comes in late. So he doesn't have the spring practice and the winter conditioning and everything else, but at six foot two thirteen, you know, he's yeah. not too far off from what some other Penn state safeties have played at in recent years. So 
I think he'll be worth keeping an eye on possibly as camp starts as well. Yep. Uh, very intrigued by Wilson as well. A lot of recruiting news this week on the Blue-White Breakdown. Fans, just remember there's a big decision coming on Sunday involving a potential four-star player from Bergen Catholic, Jaden Gould, down to Penn State and USC. You heard it here. Greg Pickle likes Penn State's chances, but you never know. That's it for this edition of the Blue-White Breakdown. It's Penn Live's Penn State Football Podcast. He's Greg Pickle. I'm Bob Founders. We'll see you soon.